Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 of a cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, one of my favorite people on earth. I, I don't know if you're in the top 10, top 20 probably, but we <laughs> we know you from uh, Comedy Sports Indianapolis. We met you. You're one of the just like nicest, most, like naturally funniest people. I know it's always a pleasure to play, do improv with you. Frankie Bolda, how are you doing this evening? Corey Jefferson, I'm so good. I'm so, so happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. It's good to have you. Yeah, to and and I, I don't want to, you know, give it away, but I feel like the this movie and the last one you picked are like kind of obscure, older titles that I wasn't even aware existed. But, but man, a joy, a joy to watch. I uh, came across this movie when I was, uh, so it was a flight that I took with my with my partner Tyler Lyons who he's he's been on the podcast mm -hmm. uh, once upon a time uh, and we were flying to uh, London it was for like the shortest trip that I've ever taken overseas uh, we were there from like that Friday and then left Monday we were we were there to go see a a Broncos uh, football game. Uh, okay. In London? Yep. Wait, yep. like, like a, uh, and I don't know anything about sports, so this might not even be right, but is Denver Broncos, isn't that a Colorado team? It is. That is the one. Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they all got on the wrong flight. And then they were like, yeah, they're like oh, we're here to play. Right. And, <laughs> then, and then they crashed in the Andes Mountains. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like well might as well we're here and it's not like that weird soccer team that like ended up having oh that's that's a different story yeah. that's a terrible thing but no yeah. like we went, we went to go see the uh, uh broncos uh denver broncos play uh the jacksonville jaguars uh and it was at wimbledon uh because it's like the nfl's trying to expand overseas and trying to make like that's so jaguars weird. like their team i had no idea that was a thing that's wild I mean, you yeah. you hear about like um, basketball players or baseball players going and like playing in Japan or like, you yeah. know, like I've heard of American players going and like either maybe they're a little bit over the hill or I don't know, maybe or, or you know, like, yeah. uh, or I don't know, North Korea. Like I, they almost make it to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Or they like or they're like starting to age out. 
Like I know, I know uh, Dennis Rodman became good friends with Kim Jong Un because they because he was like a big what a what a dinner party that must be like. Yeah. <laughs> Pop- well, that sounds a little different though. Than I mean, he didn't go over there and play. That's true. The- That's true. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean to criticize what you said. No, no. It was absolutely- so weird. It was weird that he went over there. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're correct. That's a that's a different thing. <laughs> but uh, what what have you been up to, frankly? Or Frankie, you were saying you are taking some classes at. <laughs> frankly, I'm going to call you frankly for the rest of the podcast. I'm down. It's great. Uh, but, well, um, I've uh, frankly been uh, so I'm uh, living in California right now, uh, Studio City. Uh, I work. A little like doing admin stuff with the groundlings and also getting to take classes there, getting to see shows. I also uh, work still with comedy sports in LA, but with their high school league. Nice. Uh, and so I get to go and just, oh my gosh, that was on Friday. I drove down to San Diego uh, just for like, I was in the car for longer than I was actually in mm-hmm. San Diego and just like, they're like going so, through like playing games. Can I ask you about this? Wait, what are yes, comedy may. sports high school kids like compared to ones here in Indy? Like, I picture like they've like auditioned for the Disney Channel. <laughs> mm-hmm. There are quite Speaking a few. Very like respectful. That. I'm not making fun of them at all. By the way, I think oh no, awesome. not at all. There are there are some that are very like very connected in that way. Yeah. There's one high school that I will not uh, since we're recording. I will not like denote the specific school, but <laughs> right. they're. Um, uh, I know that there are several parents there that like work in the industry and it's the first time I'd ever like gone over there. I was filling in for someone else, uh, (laughs) and they had a performance. So it's comedy sports. So it's set up with two teams of improvisers and then there's the referee that is the MC of the whole show. So I was the referee and like taking notes and that's the big thing. It's just like, we, uh, watch the performance, make sure it runs smoothly. And then afterwards, like, here are some things that you can work on for next time. (laughs) And as I was um, giving these notes, I had, um, it was two students who uh, are young, uh, maybe 15 or 16. And then they start commenting like, well, here's what you should have been doing and giving me notes on how to do this. And I'm like, I've been playing these games for longer than you've been alive. Right. Yeah. And they're like, do, uh, I'm Matt LeBlanc's son. Maybe you don't yes. know. Like, maybe you don't know. Did you ever, have you ever heard of friends? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, oh gosh. Like I had this, this, I went to Erewhon and I got this like very special like Haley Bieber smoothie and like sipping on this like eighteen dollars <laughs> smoothie. And they're like, well, that's your opinion. And I'm like, I'm being paid to be here, so you know what? It's okay. Right? You're like, my opinion's worth money, so at least. Yeah. So, what? What about you all? You all are just, I don't know. Yeah. Good. Good that you have famous parents yeah i I was gonna uh, yeah as as our friend amber ray snyder we're we're, we we like talking about nepo babies with our friend amber ray snyder so oh name dropping 
Uh huh. Yeah. She's <laughs> I, she's no one. No one. Anyone will probably know. She. I know her through doing improv here in Chicago, and she's a she's a lovely uh, filmmaker. Now she makes yeah. small short films on a small scale. So. And walks dogs like you. They, you see in like rom coms. Yeah. Where like the lady has like seven dogs. Right. And she does that. And you're like, oh, here I comes have so a meet much respect you. for people doing that. There's so yeah. it's like having to deal with all their different personalities. And like, <laughs> the tiny ones like getting right underneath the legs of like the big ones. Yeah. So I, Frankie, I think, frankly, sorry, frankly, yeah. I think I yes. saw you. You posted something about going to grad school. Are you moving back yeah. to Indiana? I am. <laughs> you, how, has it even? How yeah. long have you been gone? Has it even been a year? It's, it will be like basically one, it will be exactly one year when I am moving back to Indiana for grad school. It was, I'd auditioned with the, um, for a bunch of different schools on a whim, Mm -hmm. uh, just to see, cause I've had multiple other friends who have like gone that route and they've had to like audition multiple times and it was like, well, we'll see. And I'm like, I'm, I wasn't expecting anything and I got offers from a multiple different schools and uh indiana university is uh they sent me it was very unexpected and like i'm so excited though and it's like a great program and i got to meet some of my um my classmates so it's nine people all together or it's the mfa acting program so i'll be i'll be in bloomington indiana for three years yeah congrats that's awesome yeah yeah. We did a lot of illegal improv in some of those <laughs> some of those auditorium places you're going to begin. That's true. Some gorilla, gorilla, gorilla improv. <laughs> Gor- we'll do some illegal improv. That just means we would that. sneak into places and, and, and practice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with half the time with a handle of Jack Daniels or something. Yeah. Oh, that makes it even more fun. There was no more- accountability in the early 2000s. No. You could like go into the catwalks and everything. Yeah. A, a lot more fun, a lot worse improv. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, but a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, I've awesome. Got a sto- I've got a, I've got a quick story that I yes. think Frankie will like. Yeah. Um, yes. Wait, Frankie, the last time you were he- here, you either told this in when, when we were, while we were recording, or you said it afterwards. Were you the person that was talking about like the old man that brought his like dead wife to like? <laughs> yes. First of all, before I tell mine, I'll, and yours, that story is so much better than mine. That was you, right? I, yeah, that was me. That, yeah, I've, told that, I, I've told that story like four or five times after this. Just, and I, I never claimed it as my own. I, I, it was yours. And it, it's just an amazing story. So I don't know. If you, you guys want to like hear that story, it's about an old man who brings his dead wife to the to like the morgue or the hospital because he I don't want I don't want to spoil anything but it's pretty good. <laughs> go, yeah, you can. Our listeners can go listen to our Tingler episode with Frankie, which is also uh, I I think a fantastic episode. So yeah. So like uh, my mother in law came up for Mother's Day this weekend. Oh no, was she alive when she came up? <laughs> and I drove At her first. dead body to the fucking park. And then, no. <laughs> and then and then somebody somebody started playing reggae music and she got up and was like <laughs> started walking to the Caribbean. <laughs> it's really far from here. She's still on I ninety five. Um, uh, she told this story. She knew this. That's funny because this does kind of involve death a little bit. Um, she and it's it, it's a pet story. So she told this story. She knew this like like elderly woman who owned a parakeet. And this isn't a joke, by the way. I'm not like 
it's not like I'm not setting up a, a fake joke or anything. Like she, this lady, this old lady who owned this parakeet keep named Doc, right? Doc. Mm-hmm. And it said a couple things and everything, but um, w- one thing it said was the, the owner's name, Edna, right? Okay. And she said that she owned this parrot for like years, decades or whatever, however long they lived. And she came home one day and the parrot was like down on its, it's laying down in its cage, right? Which is something it never did. And she said the old lady walked up to the parrot and was like, Doc! And then Doc raised its little beak and goes, Edna! And then it died. (laughs) What? And then my mother-in-law was like, and that was its last words. (laughs) Put it on its little tiny tube. To have its last words is amazing to me. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. I love that. That's a great story. Like you could like have Nicholas Sparks like write that story. <laughs> yeah, like, like a re- a reincarnated lover who comes back as a parrot. <laughs> yes. Oh man, right. dude, that's fucking that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So what, Brent? What else have you been up to since I talked to you last? It's been what a week or so, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking at myself in the camera. I've got a I've got a sunburn yesterday working outside from. On Mother's Day, we always do all our, our gardening and planting. Nice. I built three raised garden beds Nice. yesterday. I'm like so, my back is like, uh, and I, you know, like I feel in my brain like I'm still like 25. Right. <laughs> Things like this remind me I'm 40. You know? <laughs> so I was it's just like talking to, to, to our friend Walker about this the other day, about how yeah. like, like the 38, 39, 40 is such a weird because I feel like you can, in in like the way you feel and the way you behave and the way you look can be, like it could be anything from like, maybe you seem like you're 25 years old, maybe you seem like yeah. you're like 60 years old. You It can vary wildly depending on the person and the day, you know? Yeah. I, I do an impression now of myself getting up out of a chair. Do you want to see it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, wait, wait. <laughs> So I get up out of a chair nowadays. My, I'm not even kidding. Like every, almost every time, okay, it's time for me to get up. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners, Brent raised himself slightly up off the seat, and then and then skipped into a little sprint away from the seat. You know, it's like I'm not, you got to do. Is that is that to get the momentum, like to to pull your momentum yeah. away from the seat? Yeah, it's, yeah. And there's like no stretching, you know. So it's like. Those are like all like the, all like the ligaments like <laughs> pulling apart. I felt really old just like last, it was last week I was making the bed and I like had put like one foot up. I don't know why, but like up on the bed frame to like get something like a corner straight and my back seized up and I was like, well, I threw out my back while making the bed. Oh, no. <laughs> And I was like, uh, I was down for the count, so I was like, done for like that was, and that was first thing in the morning. So I was like, well, that's that, that today's a wash. <laughs> yeah, Whoa, it was a wash. Like it was, you were done. I was oh, done. Uh, next day I was fine, but it right, was just yeah. like very gingerly, like moving, and I was like, ah, I, yeah. I'm in my thirties now, so my body is like, we're done. We're not doing this today. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Well, 
Uh, Frankie, do you want to tell us about the the movie you brought to us and kind of, uh, you know, what, what made you choose this movie and your general feelings about it? Sure, yes. So the movie I'm bringing to you all today is Time After Time. Uh, it's a 1979 film, uh, and the very short Cliff Notes version of it, H.G. Um, Wells, uh, yes, that H.G. Wells, uh, <laughs> created a time machine, and he is very good friends with, unbeknownst to him, Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. So in 1893, London, uh, Jack the Ripper takes over this time machine and goes forward in time to 1979 in San Francisco. I'm not sure how he moved from London to San Francisco. No. Uh, but My, there's yeah. That. I was confused at first, too, because the only thing they mentioned about it, he's like, oh, that's strange. There's an eight-hour time difference. And then he, he learns that he's in San Francisco, and he's like, Oh, that explains it. And I was like, well, I'm, does it? <laughs> does it, H.G. Wells? Oh, it's so silly. Like, it's all of his, uh, I think the conceit that the, because I've rewatched it uh, very recently and saw the, uh, it's like, oh, there's a, an exhibit happening at this museum in San Francisco mm-hmm. of all of, like, H.G. Wells. Like, it's very convenient. Like, all of the things that were, like, in his study. Yeah. And, like, like an well, extra pair of glasses. Yes, yeah, yeah. I thought about this, and to I think what I think happened was I feel like you, but then it kind of goes against like traveling back in time to the time machine. But anyway, my thought was that like that machine got moved from mm-hmm. London to to California or San Francisco at some point, yeah, and that you inside the machine disappear and like it's like a teleportation device. And like you uh, teleport to where the machine will be later. Yeah. But now that I think about it, it doesn't work if you go in the past. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's that scene where he goes when Jack the Ripper disappears, the machine is gone as well. Um, oh, okay. But you're right. But there's not a lot of uh, internal consistency as far as that goes because, yeah, like that would kind of make sense if the machine stayed in the same place. You would go where it, wherever it is. But then it's they like, what's that? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, but then what happens if it gets destroyed, and yeah. and I I, ne- I don't think I've read the H.G. Uh, Wells' The Time Machine. I saw the movie with with um, Guy Pierce. Oh, and our friend uh, um, Doug Jones was in that. Was in. Oh, nice. Yeah. The one of monsters. Yeah, he was the main Morlock in 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 the Time Machine. But I think in that in the movie at least the Time Machine just stayed where it was. And like cities would rise and fall around it, and then the yeah. machine, the machine would then be like boop and pop out wherever it was, you know. And that's what it was like in the old, the old timey movie too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The old timey movie looks like more like a like Santa's sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, but even then, it's like so. Then even that would I've I've seen people point out like that would have to be relative to the Earth, because you know if you if you traveled through time at a single point in space and time then the earth would like move on without you you know and you would just you would just pop back like you'd be in the middle of space you know (laughs) i didn't account for this (laughs) i didn't think about the whole space-time continuum (laughs) (laughs) but no but but no this was a uh man this was a uh it was an interesting movie and the director uh nicholas meyer he wrote this and directed it, and he's got some other interesting writing. He directed a couple of the Star Trek movies, 
Star Trek II, uh, The Wrath of Khan. And so he's responsible for giving us, like, William Shatner, like, Khan! <laughs> but then he also wrote uh, Star Trek Four: A Voyage Home, which has to do with time travelers out of time showing up in San Francisco, you know. There are a lot of... Uh, he just really likes San Francisco, I feel like. Yeah, he likes San Francisco. And then he also did one of the first things he wrote. Yeah, he didn't direct this, but he wrote a movie and I think a novel called 7% Solution where it was Watson, played by Robert Duvall, becomes convinced that his friend Sherlock Holmes is like has like mental uh, problems due to his cocaine use. <laughs> so, uh, and like, and to the point where he thinks that Moriarty played by Lawrence Olivier is, is like not even a bad dude, but Sherlock Holmes is just imagining that. So then Sherlock Holmes goes to, uh, Sigmund Freud played by Alan Arkin. So I feel like this director's a fan of just like, he's like a fan of taking myth, like, uh, you know, literary characters and historical characters and just kind of like mashing them up and seeing what happens, you know? Well, even at some point, H.G. gets arrested by the police, and he says that his name is Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. That's right. Which, but it's funny, because, like, I I, 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 I thought that the, the funny bit in that was that the officer knows who Sherlock Holmes is. Yeah. You know? Well, and I was, I was and like... That, that H.G. Had, had thought this random book character, there's no way... Yeah. Sir Arthur Colin Doyle, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Surely nobody's reading Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. A hundred years from now. (laughs) Arthur Frankly Doyle, you know. Yeah, yeah, yes, indeed. (laughs) It was it was odd that he chose that name and the cops are immediately like, No, all right, buddy. But I heard I read on IMDB that one of the cops is like a character name from one of those books. Mm -hmm. It's like a little Grayson, I think. Really? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I liked getting digging, like seeing all the like, oh, fun trivia with it. Like I didn't realize yeah. that um, Malcolm McDowell, who is uh, playing H.G. Wells, and uh, Mary Steenburgen, who um, uh, American Treasure already, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and uh, did not realize that the two of them they met on set for this movie and then got married and then were married for like a decade and had two children. <laughs> so. So this movie uh, brought together uh, uh, a couple. It brought children into the world. It also inspired the title of a Cyndi Lauper song. So, the, right. oh, so it, it did come from this movie. Did it? Interesting. I wondered. Nice. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I read too. about apparently one of their children. I forget his name. Charlie McDowell, maybe. But apparently it's like a running joke on social media that he tries to give, convince everyone that instead of Mary Steenburgen, who is his mother, he tries to convince people that his mom is Andy McDowell, <laughs> which I don't know why. It's just a random thing. <laughs> but no, but Mary Steenburgen, man, she's great. I mean, she's, uh, yeah. she's great. In the, and she kind of reminded me of, you know, this young Mary Steen, because she has this like, kind of like high pitched, like breathy way of talking. Um, she reminded me a lot of Liv Tyler in this movie. Ooh, yeah. You know? I don't know if you got that at all, but I was like, she kind of... Young Mary Steenburgen reminded me of Liv Tyler, but... But, man, well, she's it's so like good. the same age as, as Liv Tyler in, like, Armageddon. Yeah, pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that work? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then, and then I know, you know, because my wife's a big fan of romantic comedies, and uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think of Mary Steenburgen, I think of, like, Elf, Step Brothers... 
Four Christmases, The Proposal, which she's just, she's fantastic in all of those, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that lady. Yeah. And then, and I like that there's that, <laughs> this is something I read, I didn't make this connection myself, but with Back to the Future 3, mm-hmm. and this movie she plays a lady from the from 1979 who goes back to 1870, whatever it was, and then in Back to the Future 3, she's a lady from the old time West mm-hmm. who goes forward in time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she even said it was like weird to be playing characters in such a similar situation because also there's like a man who's a time traveler who maybe not lies to her, but miss, you know, and then she finds out the truth and she's like freaks out about it and then has to be persuaded, yeah. you know. Those two scenes are in both, that, that, that scene is in both those movies. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't believe me if I told you kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Doc, yeah, Doc Brown, just a modern incarnation of H.G. Wells, really. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways. They, do, they were both inventors. <laughs> right. And Marty McFly was like Jack the Ripper. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. murdered all those women. He was always murdering <laughs> prostitutes. In Hilldale? Hilldale, man, he was, he was fucking people up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he would... He would always use Doc Brown's, like, Rube Goldberg machines to do it. So, like, a prostitute would walk into an alley and, like, pick up a nickel. And then it would, like, a marble would roll down a track. And then, like, a string would go. And then eventually. And it would just release the cage of Einstein who hadn't been fed in four days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I need no! (laughs) It was the dog. It wasn't me. Yeah, so that's basically what this movie's about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. I no, really like the. You know what I like? I like those like seventies. Um, like I guess it, is it CGI? At this? I don't know at this point. But the what, special made, like, effects the, are special so effects. charming. Yeah, yeah, like a little sparkle of rainbow and and, and light. Yeah, cool. that are obviously like just on the screen. Like everything is happening behind the sparkles. You know, is that what? Okay. Yeah, I figured yeah. something like that. <laughs> but, but no, it's great, and and uh, you know a lot of fun like character stuff, like uh, you know H.G. Uh, Wells espousing the virtues of socialism and his utopian society at the beginning of the movie, and then he comes to nineteen seventy nine, and he's like, oh, this isn't you know this isn't anything like I thought, you know. <laughs> yeah, his rose colored glasses they come right off, and there's yeah. like this one uh like woman walking across the street and it's i have never seen it before but she had these like see-through plastic pants yeah like where did you get those those look amazing well and hg wells was so distracted he like caused a car accident he walked out in front of those cars Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah they did a great job of like making it feel like it was even like the future for us oh that's interesting yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I have an electric toothbrush. I don't know what they had in 1979, but they even has that. There's a, yeah. a, a sight gag. You're right, because when I saw that, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, did they have electric toothbrushes in 1970? I mean, obviously they did, but I was like, I just got one, like, three years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know? they made it real future yeah. And I'm sure that, like, that Mickey Mouse telephone thing, was. everyone was like, where did you get that? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> now you get, everything's a phone. <laughs> yeah yeah this, 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 this is my nasal spray it's a phone <laughs> <laughs> they put a phone in literally everything <laughs> yeah. 
But, no, but I thought but it was they it. had the whole idea, like, if you think about, like, what's the most prolific thing that you could show or show someone from back then doing? And it was, like, just going to McDonald's. Right. <laughs> Which they were not allowed to use McDonald's, like, name brand uh, in the in the script because they didn't have it, like, it wasn't a sponsor or anything. So instead he says, like, he does say, it's like, oh, I went to this this terrible Scottish place for breakfast. And he calls yeah. it McDougal's. McDougal's. Which I thought, that maybe the funniest joke of the movie. I thought that was great. It's like. <laughs> Very good. But why did it even matter, though? Because he goes to the counter and he's like, I want a Big Mac and fries, you know? Which Big Mac is like, that that is trademarked, too. Yeah. I don't know, but it, it, it was he does what, what we all do, and that's sit down next to two other strangers at a dirty table, <laughs> right? Know, as we all do. Yeah, and he's like checking out the table, and the other guy next to him is like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I thought, man, all that, yeah, all that, like being out of out of time stuff was. It was a lot of fun, you know, fish out of water story. You can't. Yeah. I I don't know about you. I love a good fish out of water story. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I also, it was interesting, the stuff where, I don't know, I feel like they tried to do some social commentary with Jack the Ripper coming forward, and he was like, uh, he was like, you know, back back in my day, I was a freak, but now I'm just an amateur. You know, the world is full of war and blah, 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 blah. Which, okay, there's a, you know, it's like, at one point they point out you can buy a gun in every store, which I, I agree, American society in particular is very violent. Uh, too many guns, all that stuff. However, he starts killing prostitutes and immediately it's like on the news as aberrant behavior. It's not, people aren't like, oh, just a guy killing prostitutes. We all do that, you know? So, yeah. and then, I don't know. There so, were a lot of newspapers, like <laughs> newspapers were like a very key, like, uh, plot point throughout like oh yes we have this newspaper like we were able to travel into the future so like we know what's coming up yeah like i used to write for a newspaper he's all it's all about newspapers (laughs) they're just trying to get old media back that's all really yeah and if there's anything we can we can push in this podcast it's you know subscribe to your local newspaper i don't know that's right Oh. Help journalism stay journalism. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I felt like that criti- that critique kind of falls apart a little bit on closer inspection because I don't know. They had war in the eighteen hundreds. Like people were doing like terrible shit hundreds of years ago. You know. Yeah. When was World War One? Was that like nineteen o three or something like that? It was, it was like it was, right. It was in the teens, I think. Like nineteen twelve. Okay. Nineteen eighteen, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, but I do like how he comes. Like he comes to the future, and and people are like, "Oh yeah, the Second World War," and he's almost like, "We've had two world wars." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and a Vietnam. I think he gets surprised that she talks about that too. Yeah, yeah. Which oh. was was it called Vietnam at that time? It probably the was the country established. In eighteen the eighteen nineties, that's when I forgot to take I, a look. I, I think it was, but that's a good question. I had my phone just now, but I don't know where it went. Yeah, how, how soon after like a war starts do they name it? <laughs> I think it depends on who went. I think it's named immediately, but the but the long term name depends on like who won and where you are. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so the world won twice. <laughs> Great War at first. That's true. Then, the great but then war. when they had the Second World War, then it was like, oh, that was World War One. 
Right. We fucked oh, up that. We fucked okay. in. That's yeah. They're like, yeah, we had another one, and maybe it's not so great. Um, we don't want to. We don't. We don't have like the greater war, or the greatest right. war. <laughs> well, that's that's, that's yet to not the greatest generation. I don't understand. How do we know so? Like, <laughs> they felt they were very confident. Yeah, like, very. <laughs> very entitled, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to find out when Vietnam got its name. I thought it was already Vietnam, but I don't know. That's a good question. I feel bad. We should but, know yeah. more about the Vietnam War. I don't know. <laughs> I think we're really good at naming them, too, because, like, Korea's like, yeah, why are you naming it Korean War? Like, you guys came um, over here. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just wherever you go. <laughs> 1802 is when uh, Vietnam uh, was, the name was given to that country. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, in theory, like he already would know the country Vietnam. He's a very worldly human, knows yeah. that yeah. information. So it's not like, what are you even saying? So <laughs> that country had its own war as well. Yeah. Not even the world one. <laughs> right. Everybody's everybody's getting in on it. You know, violence is contagious, as they say. <laughs> Which was, I mean, and th- what an interesting juxtaposition of like Malcolm McDowell's character in this compared to. Probably his most famous role is in A Clockwork Orange. I would, I mean, the, the man's done so much stuff, but, you know, yeah. uh, his role in A Clockwork Orange, I feel like, is his most enduring, uh, will be his legacy, I think, up there. But, but you know, and just, like, a bit of the ultraviolence. And, like, it was such a hyper-violent movie and a hyper-violent character, you know. And is this the movie after that? He this, did Clockwork Orange and then Time After Time? No, Clockwork Orange was 71, I think. Oh, and, and this was okay. 79. So, actually, oh, okay, I, sure. I think he did Caligula right before this. That's right. Yes, he okay. did. Okay. Yeah. That was like, because he was, he was, he didn't want to be these, like, awful people anymore. I think yeah. that was part of it. <laughs> yeah. He wanted, he wanted to get into more of, like, a pacifist character. Yeah, which man H.G. Wells, and I, it is interesting how much of a pacifist he is. And I mean, he eventually buys a gun, but I mean, even like up toward the end of the movie, he's like, "No, uh, well, oh, I think I have it written down." He's like, uh, "The first man to raise a fist is the first who's run out of ideas," and it's like, very noble, very noble. Of <laughs> he's like, "I love you." Yeah, <laughs> but but he also just like gives gives Jack the Ripper the key and Jack the Ripper's like, you fucking idiot. I'm just going to kill. I'm just going to kill this Mary Steenburgen and then travel through time. You fucking dork. <laughs> that would have been such a better line. <laughs> Eat shit well. <laughs> wow, Jack, you've really caught on to the local colloquialisms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck off, nerd. Yep, and Jack the Ripper played by what's it do David Warner, who man I know I've seen him in every he's in I wrote down some yeah. of these movies The Omen, Time Bandits, Titanic, Scream Two, a couple Star Trek movies. Um, but in I, Titanic was he kind of like the 
head security guard of the rich guy? Like Ooh, the pocket watch? That's a good question. I don't even I recall. He, he I, I know he, I think maybe he works on the boat. I think he slipped the heart of the ocean into Jack's jacket. Okay. Maybe. Isn't that the I guy? Seen, I haven't seen it. I don't know. Look I haven't right. seen it in so long. Yeah. Okay. But he looks so familiar. I was like, oh yeah, what? I was like, I know I know this guy from a million things. What am I going to know him from? And then I was looking up his filmography. I was like, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. But do I remember this guy specifically? Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. He's just kind of in everything, I feel like. Yeah. But. There's great. Yeah, he plays like he plays just like a like a secondary character really well. Yeah, yeah. Good character. And yeah. I guess they wanted Mick Jagger for that role. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I'm I am so fascinated thinking about Mick Jagger playing Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a that would have been a different. I don't know. I think it could have worked. <laughs> yeah, could have. <laughs> but then maybe that leads to him being in Titanic. You know. <laughs> This Mick Jagger putting the heart of the ocean in. Yeah, he's like, hey, Jack, come in. <laughs> and then he, like, bird dances away. <laughs> Elbows into cocked the, back. Into the life raft. <laughs> he does his little elbow cocked back dance to the raft. We don't get to have that in this timeline. Yeah, there's okay, an alternate it's, timeline where that's it's, it's solidified in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, did you notice? I recognized him immediately. Did you notice baby Corey Feldman? Yes, in the museum. Yeah. Oh, that's where he is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, that's Corey Feldman. <laughs> that was his first role, I think. I think yeah, so. Yeah, had to have been. He was such a little kid. Yeah, he was tiny. Yeah. But, yeah, it totally looks like him. I was like, oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah. Oh, man. And they wanted to originally uh, have Sally Field uh, in in this. Really? Which, uh, there were yeah. a couple of other uh, actresses that they uh, considered for the role of Amy uh, before uh, Mary Steenburgen. But uh, Sally Field was the name that stood out. And I was like, oh, she, I guess she was busy. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I feel like Mary Steenburgen did such a good job, but I mean, Sally Field is great in everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe Malcolm McDowell and Sally Field would have had children, you know? Oh, oh no. How crazy. <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> Man, that's such a good line. <laughs> magic. Pure magic. <laughs> oh, man. What? One thing I thought was funny was when uh, Jack the Ripper is showing H.G. Wells all the war and tragedy on television. He's like, look, you know, look at what human... This is far from your utopia. Look. And it's like war, pestilence, tanks, Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar. More tra- and I was left-handed. Like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Why, why is Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar in there, you know? <laughs> what a weird thing like that feels uh, maybe maybe a for a, uh, a murderer in the 1890s it's very upsetting like that's oh, true rock music yeah or seeing a seeing a black man on television playing the guitar yeah yeah and it's it's really charming those scenes with the with the two of them with uh malcolm mcdowell and 
uh, Mary Steenburgen seeing mm. the like just like the chemistry is so nice yeah and they're uh just uh, it's like she's trying to be like almost like a little bit edgier and there's like there's there's some wording in there that I'm like ooh like she said they're like they're kissing and he's like I'm trying to be very gentlemanly he's like I'm not forcing myself on you am I and she's like well I'm practically raping you I'm like no don't say that no yeah well and this is not consensual no well and they're, they're having that scene in that rotating restaurant and she's like She's like, you know, some girls are just can just sleep with anybody, but I at least like have to really like the guy and um and then she says something. Oh, what'd she say? Fuck, I can't remember, but he says something and she's like, Oh no, I didn't give you I didn't mean to give you the impression that I was a dyke. And I was like, Jesus well, yeah, I was right like, Jesus that. Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like Ugh. and another time I, I don't I don't remember the context, I didn't write it down, but she does use the term like gypped in there and i'm like oh no also we don't use that yeah <laughs> we try to be too edgy I th- I'm, and i need to take a look back like the uh because the script i think might have also been written by the director yeah because he so. found the like the um the novelist who was writing the this book had like the first like 55 pages and they brought it to the uh, Again, I didn't write down all the specifics, but he, he brought in like the first 55 pages of the book. He hadn't finished it, but the uh, the director's like, "This is great! I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a screenplay based on this." Yeah, he's and like, then, I, "I just wrote something about Sherlock Holmes and Sigmund Freud. I fucking love it. This is amazing. You were right up my alley. This is my exact shit." Exactly. And then the novelist got to see the screenplay before they were actually filming it. So, and then got so inspired, wrote the rest of the book. So the nice. book and the movie actually got released like in right. tandem. Interesting. So everybody's uplifting each other, which is super nice. <laughs> That's like, you know, I never read the, the Game of Thrones. What are those called? The, the Song of Ice and Fire books, but... I bet a lot of people are disappointed that never that didn't happen with with uh what's that guy's name George R R Martin right? Yeah, I've been listening to because I've got to drive around a lot in uh for various jobs I have in L A. So I've been listening to like the books on tape from uh that's and that's how I'm actually getting through the um, Song of Ice and Fire series. It's just like listening to it. Nice. That's great. That's great. And I'm like ah, oh, there's there's only. 36 hours left but i only have that it's only like four trips down to san diego i don't know (laughs) yeah i just i just started reading it um on audiobook and that's like it's like 45 hours or something like that so i think i'm like four hours in so far so liking it good Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm so you know i'm so familiar with the story and i think i read it or at least i read parts of it when i was younger and of course you know I've, i've seen the miniseries and the 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 movies they did recently so oh i had some questions about when they go to the future and which is a fun scene that like he proves to her that he is hg wells they go they go like three days in the future on to saturday you know and she gets out of the she gets out of time machine she's like let me out of here oh my god you know because she doesn't realize anything's out and then she goes and finds the newspaper and she's like oh you know, and then she finds, like you said, uh, Frankie, ev- everything happens on the newspaper. She finds out that she's died. Um, so my question was, 
I don't know. There are a few. If it, if it's like one timeline and there are, there's no multiverse, it's all one timeline. Then it would be inevitable that she would go back in time and get killed because she saw that on the newspaper. But couldn't they have just like gone to the future and stayed there? Like, why couldn't they have just lived on Saturday? And then I guess that would that would had to have been an alternate timeline where she died. And then but that version of her would have been fine in that timeline. I don't know. I feel like there's some uh, some faulty logic around going back and just. So like you go in time in that time machine and I feel like there's another you that continues on because at the end, HG is like, I have all these books to write Mm -hmm. because he's like in like the in the museum about him. Yeah. And then there's also with that, um, with, uh, Amy was the character, like after, like she finds like, Oh, I also very big spread for like a bank teller to get killed. And like, it's just her picture. And like, she looks fabulous. And it's like, Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. She's good in the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, she became a notary. We're so proud. Here, yeah, on you're like, look, we got this great photo. It'd be a crime not to use it, you know. It would. It truly would. It uh, happened when Doc Brown came to town. It happened. What are the other time yeah. travel movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the Groundhog Day. But then that's a, that's a different with, situation. With, She's with, in that one. With, nope. Wait, is she? Or is that... Uh, that's Andy McDowell. I think it's Andy oh, McDowell. That's right. I, I think it's... Oh, Ma- that's why, his, that's why that, that son does that, isn't it? Well, Andy's last name's McDowell, yeah. But yeah. They look... A, they seem like the same person in my head. They have very, like, curly... Goofies of the time. Yeah, similar... Yeah, they were acting in the same time. Dark, curly hair. Mo- like, comedic roles. Yeah. I can see yeah. a, lot of, a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but and, uh, I, but the, it, we find out uh, within this film that it's it wasn't uh, uh, her that gets murdered it's a friend of hers that comes over yeah oh that's the, true that's true she's like oh yeah like I didn't she's planning on having dinner like it's Friday night and she's like oh yeah come on over like I want you to yeah. meet this like handsome Englishman that I that I met while working at the bank. Yeah, uh, so come on over. We'll all have dinner and we'll see what happens. It does, it's not necessarily, but she does say she's like, oh, well, yeah. she seems very free and loose. It's fine. Uh, and but she invites her friend over, and then we get a cutaway, and then it comes back, and there's like the police officers finally go in, and they're like so like sick like. One guy throws up. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a hand that's cut off. Yeah. Th- yeah. Severed hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, woof. And then she comes back and he's walking through and they've like released H.G. Wells because he was in police custody. They've released him and uh, he's downtrodden. He's like, oh, love of my life. She's dead. And he hears her and she's like, they killed, Ki- he killed Carol. I was like, oh, oh no, poor Carol. <laughs> Yeah, poor Carol, but at the same time, you're like, well, we don't really care about Carol as much as... Uh, you're like, good. Kind of like, good. I'm glad it was Carol. Exactly. Yeah, she tried yeah. to talk her out of dating time travel boy. Yeah. She did. <laughs> yeah. But no, so you're right. So that's... So maybe the future they went to wasn't even necessarily an alternate future because it was her friend that was killed, not her. So it could all be one... Because li- I, I think of time travel in like kind of like there are three ways to do it right in my mind 
there's one. There's one. One is, and if anybody has not watched the movie Twelve Monkeys, you should go watch Twelve Monkeys. Pause this. Don't listen to this. Go watch Twelve Monkeys. But one okay. is Twelve Monkeys, which is everything is a linear timeline, and you can't go to the you if you go back to the past and change anything, then it will ha- always have been that way. And you can't truly change anything. It's one linear timeline. And if you went, if you go back in the past, then that means you just always went back in the past, and that's always what happened, right? So there's like the twelve monkeys. Then there's Back to the Future number two, which is it's one linear timeline, but you can go back and change things, and it affects things in that same timeline. So if Michael J. Fox goes back and prevents his parents from boning, he's going to cease to exist, right? Because he's erased himself. And what a weird way of suicide. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, oh, dude. Elaborate. Oh, my God. That's I kind of like that as a story. Uh, somebody go, <laughs> committing, no, no com- pain. committing suicide. Yeah, I like that. Slowly become invisible. I might use that somewhere. I love that idea <laughs> of somebody committing suicide by going back in time and stopping their parents. I really like that. It's the, the, the first line should be like, it seemed like the most humane possible way possible. <laughs> yeah. And it really would. Yeah. Just, just fade away. Just fade out of the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> so the, so the, yeah, so there's back to the future. So, so those are like the two linear timelines. Can you change the timeline or not? And then there's the one that seems to be, um, uh, in vogue at the moment, which is the Avengers, uh, kind of like the Rick and Morty modern, form of time travel where if you go back and change something it just means you splintered off into a new timeline and there are parallel universe there are infinite universes and everything happens at some point in each of those universes so you can't really go back in time and change things you really you just go back and splinter off into a parallel universe into a parallel timeline so anyway so there's also like the tenant that there's the tenant form Right? Yeah. That's like a form of time travel that's more Yeah. It's like the same amount of time, but things are moving in different directions. And I think I'd have to go back and watch that again, because I only watched it when it came out, but I think it follows the Twelve Monkeys Yeah. Time where everything that ha you can go back and move backwards, but it all but it happened in that one timeline. You know, I think it's a Twelve Monkeys kind of movie. But I'd have okay. to go back and look again. Because I, I think okay. I think in that movie you can't actually change anything. Everything has just always been the way it's been. But so anyway, so I was trying to figure out what kind of cha- time travel movie this one was, which is probably maybe more thought than the director put into it. But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like okay. So if you know you're gonna die, you know that you're gonna die, uh, Brent, Frankie, seven thirty tomorrow Frankie. night. You know it's Frankie. happening. That morning, do you choose to take a bunch of Valium and drink a bunch <laughs> of brandy? Is that is that your go-to? <laughs> That's maybe not. Like it's like, oh, here, relax a little bit. Ah, uh, yes, I'm going to absolutely relax. Like when I know I'm supposed to, like I might be dying later today. Then he's like, wait an hour, wait one hour. Yeah, <laughs> dude, she took like 
the volume and then like shots of brandy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're not gonna be getting up for a hot minute. He's, He's gonna like, have to... like <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. was she was having like a Mick Jagger party in her apartment. Like <laughs> she was just walking backwards. She was walking with her arms cocked out. Yeah. <laughs> Into bed. Yeah, lips puckered, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I thought I got that HG Wells money. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And then I thought the, the, the idea the idea of how they thought about they showed banks a lot. Yeah, a like, lot the, of banks. Like that was seemed very important to the writer, and like how they would it was very important for them to exchange currents. I know it was the way for them to meet, like the, the, the couple to meet. Yeah. But it was also like the dude. It's Jack the Ripper going in with like with like a stack of coins. A second time to exchange it. Yeah. Which I I, I have worked in a bank. It's not that sexy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not as exciting. And especially like now, like you typically like have to call ahead. He did end up going to a bank that is like the Bank of London in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you would, he would have made so much more money taking that currency into a, like a, uh, like a coin collector or yeah. pawn shop which is what hg wells ultimately does with like he's got like all these jewels and the um oh man that's right they have the the first pawn shop he goes to the uh the man that owns the business he's got the like tattoos like from world war ii yeah yeah like, like a a prisoner of war like a like, like in a, a yeah, Hol- Hol- Holocaust yeah. survivor. Yeah, yes, Holocaust survivor. Thank you. And just like, ooh, like this poor man, like he's been through a lot. He's just like asking for like some form of identification. He's like, "You have my word as a gentleman." He's yeah. like, "Fuck you, no. Yeah, I'm running a business." <laughs> well, I like H.G. <clears throat> Wells. Like you get that shot, the close up of the numbers on his arm, and you just kind of in you. You feel like you're in H.G. Wells' perspective. And he's just like, oh, I wonder what those fucking numbers are. That's weird, you know, because he would have he would Is have that his phone number. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he would have. Does everyone no have one of these numbers. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has the Mickey Mouse phone. Yeah. So they must have their their number tattooed. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an interesting. Yeah, and the guys like, uh, yeah, you'd get more from this from a collector than you would from me. And he's like, yeah, okay, well, what, what will you give him? And he's like, oh, shit, uh, I don't know, like, 4,000, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was 400. 400, and okay. I, I only said that because IMDB did the, no, 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 maybe it was a, a chat in a YouTube video I saw. Something where, like, it was like $1,400 would be $400 equivalent today. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, brought, it took him a little further than you'd think, because <clears throat> like, because I was like four hundred dollars. That's awful. But then I read it, it was actually over a thousand. Yeah. For what he gave. Well, that's I always it, feel like you need to check the exchange rate of like whatever <laughs> like denomination of money like is being talked about. Like if I'm watching like, uh, like Boardwalk Empire, it's like <laughs> okay, what what amount does Steve Buscemi actually have with <laughs> yeah, all this yeah. Oh, you know, that would be a great, like, Amazon feature, or, like, any, as they're giving you facts about the movie, yes. if they would give you the exchange rate, so you could just easily, like, click on it, click the little yeah. I for info button, and just get a clear idea of, like, what are we, what are we talking about here, you know? Yeah. Yep. 
And they're saying like, it's a far thing. I'm like, is that going to give you, are you going to be able to buy a sandwich with that? Or is this like a down payment for a house? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. How much is a far thing? Please tell me. But that was a weird scene in the very beginning when HG is like taking the money from his maid even. Oh yeah. He had a plan. He was going to do that eventually. Not ask her for money, but have things to like pawn and, you know, he, he was looking for jewelry and valuables. Yep. Jack Took the Ripper just like, right off of her ears. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were clip-ons because he didn't he like it all. Very easy. Yeah, he just tears them out of her ears. Ah, just blood. Yeah. Blood. So much blood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then just the only other thought I had was just uh, at the end. when Okay. Why would you design a time machine? Where there's there's like a little loop on the outside of it where if you pull this thing out, it just totally fucks up your time machine. And as H.G. Wells says, sends you to infinity. I feel like that's a design flaw in your time I mean, machine. Especially like you don't put that where somebody else can reach that. Right, right. Put that like in like the, within the cabin. Yeah, um, like imagine if on your car, every time you drove, every time you get gas, there's a little tab next to your gas tank, the gas tank where yeah if somebody <laughs> pulled it out you just like evaporate you just just you're just like red mist on the inside of your car oh man you're just like oh you're trying to like teach your son to like you know what we're gonna let you pump the gas today yeah. we're gonna, okay so so righty tidy lefty loosey don't pull that out or i'm Dead. Yeah. Uh, which one? Okay. Right. And you're you're sitting. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting in the car. He pulls it out, and you're immediately like, no, just gone, just vaporized to atoms. Yeah. And then I guess the only other thought I had was I guess Malcolm McDowell in studying H.G. Wells, he came across a. Did you see this? That he came across like a seventy-eight RPM recording of H.G. Wells' voice, like his actual voice. And he said it was so high pitched and squeaky with like a heavy Southeast London accent that it would have been like if he had done it in the movie, it would have just been people would have been laughing at it. Nobody could have taken it seriously. So he he deci- he, he decided to not try to do H.G. Wells actual voice in the movie. So but I don't know. I want to listen. I, I should I meant to I didn't have time. I, I want to look it up and see if I can find it on YouTube and see what H.G. Wells H.G. Wells voice actually yeah. sounded like maybe you can like slip it into the podcast yeah yeah oh i have if i find it i absolutely will and it'll be right here mr wells have you any uh uh solution for the very unhappy state of affairs that uh, is facing the world today it seems to me that many things besides the pound are threatened with collapse the financial credit system is not working today we, are, we have increased the productivity of our social, of our economic organization so greatly that a smaller and smaller proportion of people can produce everything that we need. The consequence is that a larger and larger number of people are being forced out of employment and are unable to consume. Well, remedies. For national competition, disarmament, reduction of armed forces and lowering of tariffs. Secondly, a currency, a world conference 
and world action. And, as I've already said, for the third thing, overproduction, communal buying, public employment, public enterprise taking the place of private enterprise for profit. Yeah. Or not. It might not be, guys. It might not be there. <laughs> and then this will be the after. They will have heard it, and now they'll be like, no, we just heard it. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, no. We've, we heard it. We trust them. Yeah. This is yeah. a timeline where we heard it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. In, in the future, Great. I'm going to go back and insert that into our past. So. so it's always been there. So it will have always been there, yes. <laughs> we're fun- We're doing 12 monkeys right now, guys. We're just 12 I- monkeys. I was, gonna say, I was wondering the three. I was wondering the three. <laughs> so for me, it's, yeah, it's 12 monkeys, Back to the Futures, and then Avengers. Those are my, yeah. those are the, those are the time travel versions. Okay. So, well, did y'all have anything else uh, you wanted to talk about or, or mention about this movie before we dive into headcanons? I don't think so. Just the special effects are just so, it's so charming and <laughs> how bad they are. And it's just like, here's the, here's the, the thing. Here's yeah. the machine. <laughs> yeah, and it worked. It, it functions for this movie. And then, you know, part of me was like, yeah, it was 1979. It was a long time ago. But then part of me was like, wait a minute, when did Star Wars come out? I, what was that, like 76, 77? So, you know, but that's fine. This wasn't that, kind, have, wasn't that kind of movie, so. I have a clarifying question about the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the very beginning, Jack the Ripper goes over to H.G. Wells' house. Mm-hmm. The, what, what made the cops so sure to come over to were they I know I figured they were going house to house. Yeah. But then I think I missed something. How did they know that like to check his bag? Was I, the bag found or something? Yeah, I think they had just cordoned off the area and yeah. they were like, Can we come in and check your shit? And H. G. Wells was like, Oh yes, of course, please search my house. I have nothing to hide. And then they found his bag. They with searched the, the bag. Yeah. Okay. And they found the That's prostitutes right. panties or handkerchief. I or, think it was his because he had white gloves on. Oh, okay, yeah, something, some, yes, yeah, some kind of cloth in his bag, yeah. He had that cool, that cool pocket watch. Yeah, that played. It was like a a music box pocket watch. Yeah. Who was who was in the picture? You think? That's a good question. Yeah, that's really. Was it like his mom? And he's got like some like fucked up thing where he's like, you know, you know, knowing serial killers, it was probably his mom. Whoa, whoa. That's kind of. I feel like serial killers all have like mommy issues. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It was a few yeah. years ago, a, a friend of mine did a, she'd written a uh, a play about Jack the Ripper, like based off of those, like the Dear Boss letters and all that. And then there was like a, um, a biography that uh, she then like took and like made into a, a play. And I got, I got to play Jack the Ripper once. So that was one reason why I was like really uh, attracted nice. to this. I was like, oh, this is super fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just, uh, super interesting seeing the like oh okay like it the there's like the one theory that it was like this it had to be like a very skilled surgeon like knowing to like go in like and pulling out all of the different like portions of these women um yeah and then he would at the crime scene he would leave like the kidneys would be labeled and then he would have like the liver was labeled (laughs) (laughs) when he kills the friend he just cut her arm, cut her hand off, like yeah. not even like at some sort of like joint or anything. It was just like oh, no. a movie it's magic like hand. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Like, what did he use? It, it was a very clean cut. Too. Yeah. Like, he showed us, like, we saw all of his weaponry, and I'm like, nah, I don't know which one. And there's oh, not, like, a lot killed, of blood around that. He killed, was it her that he killed whenever, like, the, the drop of blood went and became, like, a tear in his eye? No. That was cool. No, that was the random, that was, like, the third victim. That was like the prostitute they pulled out of the the river. No, maybe? that that was a different woman because then he like goes oh. on a date with a woman. He goes over to her house, mm, and she 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 pulls out the grass and she's like, "Don't they call it grass where you're from, London?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, she's That's like, you know, marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like, yeah, she's like walking on she or she's sitting on the couch like rolling a joint. And he like walks over to her and he's like standing over her creepily and she just she's like smiling up at him rolling a joint and I was like, I no, this you're in no. danger, girl. Like this is creepy. You know? <laughs> he's yeah, just like Yeah, he will be Goldberg her, man. <laughs> yes. Damn. Damn girl, you in danger. <laughs> girl, in two weeks, we're talking about two thousands final destination. So check that out, and as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. All right, well, do y'all have a headcanon, or do you want me to go first? Doesn't matter to me. I don't know how good mine is. I'll go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. H.G. Wells goes, he goes forward in time, like too far, way too far. Mm-hmm. And, and when he arrives, the Terminator is there. <laughs> He's gone so far, though. God damn the, it. Not, not like the good days of the Terminator. Like, He's much older. Like He's like 40 years old by Android standards. Mm-hmm. And um, is, is that an appropriate word for, and, yeah, Android, right? They're not. Yeah. Cyborg, yeah. Android, yeah. Whichever. But we don't know in the future, though, in this timeline, if that's going to be a derogatory term for them. So. <laughs> yeah, we don't call them right androids now, anymore. <laughs> Wait, did, did you just say the A-slur? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is this the continuity for... Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're canceled. In 20, 2076, you would be canceled, motherfucker. Oh H-G... <laughs> He climbs out of his time machine and immediately, oops, he like fumbles the red key and it drops to the ground. And Arnold, Arnold's like, you know, he's, he, he reaches down, Arnold reaches down to grab it. Arnold's old, an old man by these standards now. Mm-hmm. He bends over and he grunts in pain a little and he says, oh, my back. <laughs> That's, he's like, oh, I just turned, I just turned 38. <laughs> my back is so weak. <laughs> My back, my back has grown old and enfeebled. <laughs> this happened when I changed my Android bed sheets this morning. <laughs> I was trying to acquire a more comfortable I was, sleep. I could say it. I could say Android because I am one. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you think about it, my father was Miles Dyson, so I could also say and no, 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 no. <laughs> that's good I was also going to do a Terminator headcanon <laughs> I figured that would be your reaction I'm sorry uh, <laughs> hopefully mine was a little different though that's good I had another idea so that's fine that's fine okay. Frankie did you have a headcanon 
yes, yes, I do. Uh, so H.G. Wells, uh, he's got all of his friends around him, these brilliant scholars, but his uh, his doctor friend comes in. He was uh, running a bit late, but he's very English, and he's uh, um, also very fabulous. He walks in backwards with his arms cocked out. <laughs> we get Mick Jagger as Jack the Ripper, and we get Sally Field in here, yes. and it is the weirdest chemistry you've ever seen and it's magical i love it i love that as like an alternate timeline version yeah. you get jack the ripper you get sally field yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you get forrest gump even yeah <laughs> does the instead of elvis he gets inspired by mick jagger yeah <laughs> and, mick jagger is inspired by it. and mick jagger's like your mama sure does care about your schooling, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is okay, because they're married. They yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mick Jagger goes outside and Forrest Mick Gump Jagger is like... plays the principal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forrest Gump is like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There are so many great people that could play that. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right. So my yeah my my uh my headcanon idea was about Mary Steenburgen traveling through time and eventually meeting up with the Terminator. But I like okay. I had I, I had another idea about her because it said she died in like 1920 or something, and then he lived to like 1950 or 1946 something. Um. But I like the idea that, like, they, they spent some good years together, but they kind of drifted apart. They kind of, like, uh, you know, as things do, you know, things kind of, uh, she moved on. And so she gets in the time machine, and then she goes, she travels through time, like, hooking up with different authors, like uh, uh, Jules Verne, you know, and just, like, she just, like, travels through. Maybe she has a little thing with uh, with Mary Shelley, you know, and then... Yeah. She just travels through time hooking up with different sci-fi authors through the years. There's that one stint with Sun Tzu. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh no! <laughs> she taught him so much. He did create a strategy for what to do for time travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, do either of you have anything else you want to mention before we leave? Uh, Frankie, do you want to point any anybody toward anything social media anything you have coming up anything oh man i'm getting into grad school so i'm not uh i don't have a whole lot going on uh what grad, grad school yeah i've yeah. got that so that's a, that's a grad school everybody that's a lot <laughs> to grad school um uh, indiana university i'll have there'll, there'll be performances and stuff and yeah we'll find we'll find out uh, i don't know oh uh if you're if you're based in indiana check out american lives theater they always are doing like really thought-provoking really interesting stuff always new work um and i'm uh always two thumbs up from me on the stuff that they do it's super cool i like i like them nice awesome and when and when you do move back frankie if you want to come up to chicago see some improv sometime like I'd, i'd love to hang out i'd love to go see some improv so that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone at home, for listening. This has been Head Cannon. Ah!